Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, your favorite sporting podcast, your favorite hockey podcast. It is Hockey the Podcast. Wasn't too long ago where I said we changed tact a little bit in that we're joined by a host of ladies. This time around, we went out looking for players. And when I say we, I mean someone else. Uh, and that someone else, of course, is, as always, my partner in crime. How are you doing, Tyron Jobby Barnard? Yeah, Derek, we are uh, recording this not long after I got back from the fields and it was a, a, a little bit chilly, uh, but it was amazing to see kids back on an AstroTurf, something we haven't seen playing competitive hockey. You know, it's just a light at the end of the COVID tunnel and uh, that's what I got to experience today at the JHL, the Joburg Hockey League Finals at Wits University. I don't want to give too much away because obviously we're going to find out a lot more uh, when we listen to the interviews that you conducted. But but how was the experience overall? Yeah, look, it was obviously uh, it was finals day. So not all the franchises there, only the ones that are qualified for the final. But uh, And also a, a very weird thing going on in the fact that we are not allowed spectators, um, which is still a COVID thing. So... You know, I'm sitting inside the stadium on a media pass. And so obviously gathering some interviews, I couldn't speak to parents. I couldn't speak to fans. Players had to finish their games and leave the premises quite quickly. Um, so it's a weird world that we're living in. But at least it's a world that offered a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of a future, a glimmer of returning to the turf. And that's what I got down to. Um, obviously, I wasn't on our brilliant podcasting uh, audio equipment. I was on one of our little handhold things, so uh, bear with us on a little bit not as perfect studio quality as normal, but the interview quality was still great as we chatted. I think it was about seven or eight different people, and that's what you're going to get to listen to over the next 45 minutes. Brilliant. And uh, before we get into it, uh, just a quick reminder, another new venture that we're very, very excited about. We launched it uh, the other day. It is called Raider Golf. Uh, so it is the Raider Golf podcast. And of course, it has everything to do with golf. We kick things off uh, at the third event on the Sunshine Tour that took place at Ibotsi. Well done to JB Creer for winning that one. And we were there. So yeah, for the golf lovers out there, if uh, you want a little bit more, if it's not just hockey, you, 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 you want more, you, you, you need it, you crave for it. Well, uh, yeah, we've uh, given you a, a hockey version. Uh, I mean, a golf version of what we do here over in the hockey world. But uh, without further ado, I think, Ty, let's get over to Vitz and find out more about the day that you had. I am here at the JHL Finals at Vitz University, uh, one of South Africa's best AstroTurfs in this country. And, of course, the host of the most recent South African uh, men's hockey match. Of course, uh, we won't talk about the one that they didn't host. But uh, it did host the last one against Germany, a one-all draw. And now it's hosting the JHL Finals. And uh, with me is Josie Warriors, superstar from the management team. It is Noni Mutolo. Of course, you know her story because you've seen it on FIH's website. Noni, uh, first and foremost, what has the JHL been like for you? Um, Ty, it's been awesome. I think it's been a great experience for all the players and the coaches. Um, just to get an opportunity to be on the Astro again is fantastic. I mean, obviously, JHL is based for under-14s, under-16s, under-18s. Um, but, like, are you seeing a, a 
degree of talent that really excites you for someone who will be going to the Junior World Cup? Absolutely. I think um, having kept the age groups as they are, you actually get to see the exciting talent moving forward. So that in the 14s moving into under 16s, it's going to be an exciting team for Southern Gauteng or whatever team they choose to play for. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. And of course, the under 18s going into varsity, it's the next step. So yeah, it's definitely exciting for SA Hockey. And obviously yourself, you've been part of the Josie Warriors team. Um, what would you say is the way to summarize the Josie Warriors? What is, what is that characteristic that really defines them? I would say Ubuntu, which means humility. Um, that's literally our culture in the, at Josie Warriors, where we believe that you're human first before you're a hockey player. So respect on and off the field for all players involved, officials, technical staff. That's basically us, Josie Warriors. I mean, while we speak in the background, I don't know if the listeners will be able to hear it, but there is an announcement, spectators, please stay in your car, please stay away from the field. I mean, it's a weird world that we're living in without fans coming down to watch and stuff. But how, how does that affect you as a, a hockey official? How did it affect your girls as the players? You know, what impact does that have? I mean, it's definitely different to play without spectators, but um, it's something we sort of kind of had to get used to because we had friendly games where we practiced without the spectators. But obviously spectators bring um, the exciting element into the game. And um, yeah, it's, it's different, but it, it had to be done and we, we're learning. So it's better now. And uh, if you overall had to say uh, what you thought of JHL, has it been a success? Is it a great addition? And how badly do you want to be back on the turf now because of it? Uh, can we be back next week? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. JHL has been awesome. We thank uh, all the JHL staff, Lance, uh, Sharman and their team. It's been fantastic. A great initiative for SA Hockey, I think, uh, from a junior level. So it's exciting. We're hoping that it continues for many more years to come. All right, thanks so much. That was Nani Matola from, of course, the Josie Warriors. And, of course, she will be representing not just South African hockey, but African hockey at the Junior World Cup as one of the officials. Nani, good luck, and we hope that uh, you have an amazing experience. And uh, I know you can't bring home the medal, but if you accidentally borrow one, we'll take it over at Hockey the Magazine. Uh, I'm joined now by the umpires manager, the man behind umpire universe and arguably South Africa's best indoor hockey umpire and uh, definitely one of the men who will stake a claim at the outdoor title too uh, once Peter and John Wright have both formally retired. Of course uh, John is already there, Peter is almost there. I am joined by Peter Calder. Peter, uh, first and foremost, uh, have you enjoyed the different role of being umpire manager of a tournament instead of being necessarily uh, waiting on somebody else to, to give you that call? It's been a challenge. Uh, I was very fortunate. I went to the World Cup in 2018 in Bhubaneswar to learn the umpire manager and umpire coaching roles. So it's been great to give back and help give some experience and impart some knowledge on, on the umpires who are climbing the ranks and increasing their performance. So it's definitely been a challenging role in a positive way. Um, and also, again, just helping being the buffer between the umpires and the coaches because like sport, there's lots of frustration and emotion, and that's great. That's what we all experience. But it's helping the umpires grow as best as possible and let the coaches understand what we're trying to do here. And uh, you and I were chatting about it a bit, but obviously a lot of the, a lot of the focus is around players not playing for the last year um, with COVID and all of that. But umpires weren't umpiring, and, and as much as you can stay fresh as an umpire being fit, it's very difficult to keep mentally strong when you're not playing, uh, uh, blowing the game. 
Have you found that as a result, have you found that your umpires are, are struggling a little with the lack of action? Or can you see who's, uh, who's uh, maybe studied a few game tapes ahead of this? Well, definitely after the first game, you could see who, who was a bit rusty. And I think uh, all the umpires had their rusty moments. But uh, you definitely tell who's been doing something during lockdown. Because in the second game, the rust was off and they're back up to like 90%, close to 100% of what they were uh, the previous season before COVID. So there's definitely been a clear indication of who's been keeping mentally in it and physically in some cases as well and who kind of checked out and like oh oh this umpiring thing I need to get back into it so there's definitely a clear distinction and after the first games of day one I kind of realized okay these are the umpires who who are here mean business and want to perform and, and challenge for top games and other umpires who okay you've missed the boat and you need to catch up a bit. Speaking of umpires who have uh, caught up and are ready I mean you've obviously kept yourself busy and some uh, nice uh, selections or appointments that have come your way. Uh, obviously, the junior indoor, uh, the junior outdoor African Cup, which was uh, postponed from Ghana, as well as the Indoor Africa Cup coming up now in April. Must be pretty stoked with that. Yes, uh, I'm actually very stoked. Um, I, I was talking to my fiance the other day. I opened my uh, goals book and actually said I wanted to get uh, some international events and hopefully get an FIH grading for indoor and outdoor by the end of 2021. Um, and it's the beginning of 2021. So definitely uh, nice to, to see that. And yeah, very excited. Obviously, being a year out of any international hockey, I'm looking forward to getting involved, staking my claim and, and, and really trying to serve the game as best as possible and learn as much as I can as I go. And obviously, you're no stranger to the biggest games, and I'm specifically talking indoor hockey. You've umpired in front of 3,000 people at the Belleville Velodrome. <laughs> It's probably the biggest uh, venue uh, in terms of supporters that you'll get, except for the World Cup. Um, is that is that the dream? I mean, is it to bypass Aiden? Is it to become South Africa's number one for the the Indoor World Cup? Uh, yeah, the short answer is yes. My my goal is to be ultimately I'd like to be the best indoor and outdoor umpire in the world that's my goal and I know I've got a long way to go um, but I take it in bite-sized chunks the first one is to get an international appointment which is fantastic and then from there get my FIH badge and work my way towards World Cups for indoor and obviously outdoor and Olympics etc so yeah and speaking of uh, the best umpires out there as, as we see the central samurais on a break here has there anybody has there been anyone particularly who's put their hand up over the past uh, three weeks with JHL that you think uh, this is someone to watch? For sure. I think actually on this final now, the two umpires umpiring, we've got uh, Liachnod Kutsia and Stanley Shabalala. Uh, Stanley, from day one, the rust came off after the first quarter. He, he has done actually really, really well, been really consistent throughout this event. And uh, Liachnod on the other side also has had a really solid week. So these gentlemen here, as we speak, are actually two of the umpires I thought flip. I've been impressed. Keep it going, guys. Uh, so you hear it, keep it going to the umpires that are listening. We know we got a few listeners. We know we got our friends FH umpires over in Canada. Uh, you know, Peter and John Wright have been big supporters. And, and here we have Peter Calder, the man who, who deserves his own show. And we will get him on for sure sometime pretty soon. Uh, probably while we're all down in Durban together. Uh, saying the, the future of hockey umpiring is in a good place. Um, and of course, his own future is looking particularly bright. Peter, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of JHL and enjoy the final you're blowing tonight. Uh, if the rain and lightning stay away. Yeah, it should be interesting. Let's hope the rain and lightning stay away. I think we're in for a great spectacle of hockey. And not just for the last game. All through today, I think there's been some really good hockey, but definitely some good stuff to come as well.
here with the Central Samurais under 16 boys champions, 8-2 winners against uh, the Sporting Superheroes. Um, gents, uh, first introduce yourselves. Anthony Lombard. Tain Tane Ellis. TJ Chalmers. Of course, uh, Tain, uh, you were the, the man of match today. Um, obviously because coach... Uh, Miguel de Grasa was given a nice payment beforehand, but uh, in all seriousness, good game. You guys must be pretty chuffed with uh, winning today. Yeah, thank you, sir. I think any one of us could have won man of the match in that game. We all played pretty decently, so yeah, thank you, sir. You guys were 4-0 up quickly, obviously, for those listening, JHL, two goals for a field goal, one for a penalty corner. But uh, was there something in the team talk, or, or what was it that still you guys start this game so quick today? Uh, we have a word called Sparta that makes sure we're on top of it from the beginning, making us attack more and gain ahead of the game. All right, and, and it was clear. So 4-0 up early on, but a lot of chances were missed. Uh, could have been even more comfortable. Um, overall, though, A2, you can't be unhappy with that. Yeah, it was, uh, I liked the, the <laughs> it was a wonderful game, and yeah. Cool. So, I mean, obviously, JHL has been a chance to get back on the Astro turf for you guys. Uh, What's it been like just finally being back out playing hockey again? Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. I've missed it so much. And uh, in terms of, of school hockey, is there a return to action anytime soon? Uh, we've started practice. Uh, there's no sights of games yet. So, so JHL being something that it has been, what stood out for you over the past three weeks with the, the seven games? I think being able to play with people that weren't part of my school team environment and being able to make friends outside of my school was pretty cool. So yeah, and getting to know them better was quite nice. Absolutely. You also have a coach who's currently part of the Olympic men's squad. I mean, uh, training towards uh, the Tokyo Olympics. He's got a chance of making the final 16. How much of an impact did Miguel have on you guys in such a limited amount of time? I think um, Miguel is a great coach as we all look up to him and like we will listen to anything he says and his strategy in the game is excellent. So, Alright, so they are the champions. They've got the gold medal lifestyle. Um, obviously, you aren't able to have your parents here, your friends, your family here in the stand watching. But uh, what is that like? I mean, even at a schoolboy level, we're used to playing in front of empty stands but not having your families and friends around to watch. Oh, it's difficult. They were so sad they couldn't watch us and just be a part of it. And I miss having them watching us. And finally, back to our man of the match in the final. Uh, any moment from the past two weeks that stands out, was there a specific goal you scored, something the team did, or uh, is the after-game after Coca-Colas or Steri Stumpies the highlight? Um, not necessarily for me, but uh, I, think, I think just uh, some of the team games we played. So this game we played here, we actually didn't finish top of the log. We actually lost them in the pool game. So it was quite cool to see the boys like rise up and uh, win it in the finals. Yeah, and the boys are busy being chirped by their friends. Go back there and have your boat race with that Steri Stumpy. With Super M, I'm not really sure. But uh, well done, gents. Enjoy the gold medal. I'm with, uh, with the two finalist owners, Phil and Ricky, the Samurais and the Superheroes, in this battle. Ricky getting out on top, of course, uh, Phil did say that he needed to make a donation to the underprivileged today. So, Ricky, how are you feeling about that win? I think we won all so far for the day, hey? Yeah, Phil, Phil got uh, one over us on the, with the under-14 boys. It was a really good game as well. Um, today, Migs is also standing with us here. Superb performance from the under-16 boys. Um, probably my, my most favorite team to watch. They attack, they attack with such flair. So that was, that was really good to see. 
Um, Phil's boys have done have done incredibly well. We just, a typical final. Like there are a couple of moments that if you don't take them, unfortunately, like it's it's either going to go or not go your way. I mean, Phil, obviously you've got to be happy that uh, you got four teams into the finals, and so far you've got the one gold medal. Got a good chance with the under-18s as well. Pretty happy with the the superheroes. Um, Tyron, you are very happy with the superheroes. I think it just goes to show that uh, you don't have to be a hockey guru to know how it works. You know, you know, if you've got the right mindset and you put hockey first, then uh, yeah, I think everyone can be a winner in the game and and just love the culture of what it's building between each and everybody of uh, in the community. Obviously, uh, both of you are both supporters of the game in different ways, uh, but it must be quite frustrating that supporters can't be down here and watch the game. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. I was, I was thinking earlier, watching, watching this great hockey and, and not being able to share it physically with, with all the parents. Um, but I, yeah, I still think the, for the kids, this, is, this has been absolutely amazing. And it just goes to show that this is a really good product. And when we can do that with families and, and friends and spectators out here, it's going to be insanely good. And uh, for obviously the same for you, no, no supporters here, but uh, the superheroes haven't failed to drum up support online and, and with presents and obviously with really good looking kits too. Well, Tyron, I mean, what can I say to that? I, th- I think you've pretty much chosen the franchise you love the most already. It could have been that buff I bribed you with earlier. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what Ricky said. Uh, you know, once we can get spectators and, and be on with, with everything else, I think it's just going to liven the game up. And it's just going to show that hockey is something to be contended with, you know, as opposed to let's throw some money at it, you know. Yeah, so there they are. They're still friendly now because it's one final each, but uh, after the next two games, they might not be. But uh, it's a great day here at Vitz Hockey uh, for the final of JHL. Vitz standing in last minutes after some issues at Randberg and doing an absolutely brilliant job. KB from the Sporting Superheroes, captain of the under-16 team, all conquering at the league stage, conquering in the semi-finals, but falling short today. But still got a big smile on your face. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm actually quite ecstatic and grateful. I won't even lie to you. Regardless of the result, I'm just glad I just had people like this behind my back and pushing me all the way and coming together as a collective and doing what we did. I think, mean, KB, it's quite clear that the, the sporting superheroes are exactly that. They are superheroes to one another. Great friendships, good photos going on, uh, some modeling poses going on. But, but ultimately, you can see that these guys have come together and become friends. Is that probably the highlight for you? Um, the crazy part about this team is it was like made up in a week because like these are basically like people that were counted out in any other franchise and when we came together we just proved everybody wrong and pulled it together and the camaraderie here is just crazy I won't even lie to you and, and, and you've got some good mates here now you've obviously had some great support you guys as, as overall must be pretty chuffed have to be able to be back on the turf yeah we're actually quite ecstatic even in practice yesterday we were gassed. Like, regardless of the situation, like, result, no matter what, we just came out and played our hearts out. That's one thing I like. And, KB, I mean, obviously, you're wearing the captain's armband. Do you take that as extra pressure, or do you take that as something that inspires you a bit? A bit of both, because pressure, pressure, I enjoy the pressure. Like, I'll, like I'll do anything for pressure. Pressure, any smoke. And, like, the honor of just taking the captain's band, oh, I was even shocked when they announced me as captain, because... I didn't expect it, but I'm just grateful that they chose me as their leader. Oh, brilliant. So I, I watched the game. You led from the front. Hard lines in the result, but overall, 
uh, well done on a fantastic team performance. Miguel de Grasa, he is part of the national men's team. He is the winning coach of the under-16 tournament uh, with the Central Samurais. Migs, obviously you more than most know what it's like, uh, uh, how good it must be for these youngsters to be back on the turf. Yeah, it's uh, it's epic to be back playing. Um, I know the year that we haven't been on, I've almost found a a new gears to be playing again, which was really epic. And it, that, that like break almost made me miss hockey more. So for these boys to be just be back, like it gives me goosebumps because they 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 love the sport. I love the sport. It's just yeah, it's, it's epic. I mean, obviously, currently on your. Uh, on your horizon is a potential Olympic Games. Uh, you're part of the squad, you're in the training camps. But uh, this must have been a very, very lacquer, for lack of any other words, lacquer distraction from, from that pressure. No, 100%. It's, um, it's lacquer and frustrating at the same time because you shout your nuts off um, uh, for the boys and like you just want to see them perform. So the, the more you shout... Um, the more you want to see them like just be better and better and yeah my my guys attacking play was flipping amazing and um as ricky said he loves watching my guys attack and i i i, I can't say i don't love it also and obviously i'm an attacking player so watching them do the right things it um yeah it gives me gives me goosebumps on the side i mean and obviously i i was going to bring that up but you did there was definitely a touch of uh, Miguel hockey in there. Um, the quick touches, the quick layoffs, and, and obviously a very much an attacking brand. 4-0 up in the first four minutes, yes, with the double goals. Uh, is that something you uh, tactically went out to do, is to try and get uh, the, what is the word, the domination on the scoreboard straight away? So, so the boys I was coaching, I know them pretty well in terms of in the tournament also, if we conceded a goal, the pressure was actually a bit intense. And then the guys, you could see they they, they frazzled. So to get the early goal, um, I think definitely was in our favor. Um, it almost like calmed them down a bit because when I saw them in the change room, I just looked at 16 frightened boys like going, oh my gosh, we're playing in a final. Like, what do we do? Um, so to get that out of them and to get them to... Um, get the goal first up was, um, I think, critical, and we just went back to what we we know we could do. So it was good. And obviously, the Samurais overall as a franchise have done quite well. But I mean, I know speaking to you beforehand, it's not all about the the gold medals and 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 winning the tournaments. That's nice. Obviously, don't don't get me wrong. But uh, what would you say has been the Samurais? Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The objective in JHL. I think it's to get um, 18 players uh, together just playing hockey and playing a type of brand of hockey that suits those 18 players and suits the coaches um, that are there. Like all the coaches have been given their own like sort of license to basically select their own team and their own types of players, obviously depending on the kids that registered, of course. And um, and yeah, it shows that there are some players that are completely different, but yet they are playing together in a team and they are actually excelling and it's, they've learned that there's, there's a little bit more to just playing uh, school hockey and playing with your mates. There's other mates out there that they're probably going to be mates with for the rest of their lives, which is epic. Uh, that is epic.
Well done, Megs. Enjoy the victory. I know it's a different kind of change room celebration than what you would have had with Wanderers and Southerns over the years. Um, there might be a bit more Super M than other beverages, but uh, enjoy it and uh, good luck for the rest of the Samurai teams tonight. Thank you. Yeah, Super M's and Waters. I'm here with Shaman Naidu. He is one of the men behind this uh, initial JHL, the first ever JHL, along with Lance Lowe um, and Ziad. Uh, Shaman, you must be happy with the product that you guys have put together over the last two weeks. Yeah, I think I think it's it's been a fantastic three weeks of hockey. I think, yeah, more especially because the the kids have got a chance to get back on the pitch. Uh, I think that was our our initial ultimate goal. Um, but yeah, if I take myself back a couple of years, the conversation with myself and Lance was more around uh, trying to trying to create an, an elite, a top class hockey tournament in Johannesburg, very similar to what happens in Cape Town with the, the Cape Town International Hockey Festival. Uh, and we initially wanted to model it uh, around high schools, uh, trying to get the top high schools uh, to come to Wits. I was quite excited about it because uh, it forms part of a, a massive recruitment pipeline for me at the university. Um, yeah, and the conversation eventually evolved into... Um, possibly looking at a at a franchise system to make it exciting uh, with recruitment and, and and a drafting process, uh, yeah. And we started with we started by just chatting to uh, some key stakeholders, um, having a conversation with the Southern Gauteng Hockey Association, uh, getting their buy-in. It's really important to have the buy-in of your of your provincial federation, especially with a project like this. And they've been extremely um, helpful uh, and and supporting. Uh, it's all their technical staff that are here. It's all their umpires that are here. Uh, and in theory, it's it's the coaches of the Greater Gauteng area that are all involved um, with these kids. So yeah, it's been it's been special. Been a special three weeks. Uh, lots of cracks and crevices, but uh, we look forward to sitting down after uh, after a couple of weeks once the dust is settled to try and fix those little cracks and crevices. Uh, so we we can look forward to a special event next time around. Yeah, you say cracks and crevices, but obviously, um, you know, it's just great to see kids back on the national turf. We know uh, a lot of schools have started training, but there's no hockey action yet. A lot of tournaments, Easter coming up, second year in a row, no Easter festivals. So to have kids back on the turf is something special. But of course, it did come with, as you say, cracks, crevices, and of course, challenges. For example, that we couldn't have supporters in the stadium. Have you found people being quite accommodating of this? I think the no supporters rule uh, is, has been something that's very difficult for any hockey stakeholder or sporting stakeholder for that matter, whether you are an administrator, a coach or, or a parent. Um, yeah, in, in my opinion, I think it's been the toughest on the parents. Um, yeah, you want to see your kid running around, you, you want to see your kid interacting and playing the game with, with other children. Um, you want to see them win. You want to comfort them when they lose. Um, yeah, that, that comes with being a, a, a sporting parent or, or, or any parent for that matter. Uh, and it's been a, it's been a, a difficult pull for, for the parents to, to swallow. Uh, some of them have, have dealt with it quite well. Um, I would say there's a, there's a small minority that haven't been able to, to, to deal with it uh, and possibly... They're still dealing with it, um, but yeah, challenge and yeah, it's it's like I say. I mean, everyone has their own opinions about what should be allowed and what shouldn't be allowed. Uh, unfortunately, there is a set of rules, 
and 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 we had to follow them and uh, we had to develop our own COVID-19 protocols uh, we had to work with the venues uh, as well uh, uh, as well as the Southern Gauteng Hockey COVID compliance officer uh, and I think we've done a good job so far. Yeah look as a, an outsider looking in I can say you've done a good job it's been great to see um, I've been to a few of the venues and, and seen the challenges uh, of, of keeping the parents away, it's a difficult thing. Um, but we've also seen some quality hockey. We've seen uh, some exciting hockey. Uh, Central Samurai sporting superheroes seeming to uh, single-handedly wanting to contest the, the first tournament. Um, are the plans already in place for year two? Yeah, so the, the conversations around the, the, the second JHL have, have already started uh, to happen. Um, of course, we wanted to make sure that we ticked all the boxes in, in year one. Um, I think it's important to note that, you know, our primary ob objective and, and just in terms of our general hockey philosophy is around growing club hockey, uh, growing interest in the game, um, you know, using and feeding off the schools, the, the quality school system that we have in South Africa already. So the JHL really was always going to be a pre-season event or an out-of-season event. Uh, we wanted to use it as an opportunity for kids that wanted to play hockey all year round uh, to have a platform to be able to do that. Uh, and those were the initial discussions that we had with, with, with the SJHA. Uh, we, we, we need to get back to the boardroom, uh, sit down, have the conversation again. Uh, we're hoping that hockey goes back uh, to a point where the school season kicks off again, the club season kicks off again, and we have an opportunity to expose these elite athletes on the pitch, out of season. Uh, and that's what we want to achieve the next time around. And, and lastly, I mean, obviously, pre-season feels about it, absolutely. But there were still some players who uh, look like they have never taken a break, that they didn't take a year off from COVID. Uh, there has been quite a lot of impressive quality considering the age group and the lack of hockey action over the last year. Yeah, so so the, the the exciting thing about Johannesburg and I think Southern Gauteng hockey as a whole is that I think we've been sort of trendsetters uh, just in terms of post-COVID sport. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm very involved in the, in the cricket setup in Gauteng as well, and um, you know, the cricket we had, we had a friendship cricket league that started in September last year, uh, and we've played cricket right the way through uh, with a little break in between. Uh, a little December break in between, and from a hockey point of view, I think forward-thinking leadership uh, at the at the Southern Gauteng Hockey Board level uh, has allowed clubs to train, has allowed um, internal sport or internal hockey matches to take place, and isolated events with proper protocols in place, uh, which has given these children an opportunity to, you know, to get stick on ball again. Um, and yeah, it's been fantastic to watch. Uh, it's been really great for me. As I say, it's an incredible pipeline for me, and I feel like I'm already ahead of the game uh, in terms of my recruitment for 2021, um, or 2022 for that matter. Um, but yeah, having kids here from 14 all the way to 18 gives me a proper five-year pipeline to look at. Um, the transformation on the pitch itself has been really, really good. Uh, yeah, and the hockey just got better from, from day one. I, I have to say, you, I'm not sure if you watch the games on day one, but uh, yeah, I was pulling, pulling my hair out watching some of the games in, on day one. But yeah, watching the games today, you can definitely see that it's added massive value uh, and the brand of hockey that some of the teams have played uh, and some of the coaches uh, have coached has been, has been really good to watch.
Yeah, and lastly, I think your your franchise owners have all come on and taken ownership, and they've they've all looked to promote um, the product of JHL, and they've all done it really well. You must be really happy with the partnerships you formed. Yeah, so it was really important for us to find key stakeholders um, that had both, uh, you know, the, the knowledge of the game or the hockey knowledge, for that matter, uh, as well as. Uh, an entrepreneurial instinct, uh, and and we we actually looked for particular individuals. Uh, we we wanted people that would also challenge us uh, and take us on with, with with important decisions when it when it came to the event itself. Uh, and I and I definitely think we 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 achieved that goal and we ticked that box. I think every franchise where every team has its own little flavor to it, uh, and every team owner has put his own little you know, bit of ingredient into what he tried to achieve or what she tried to achieve from the from the week itself or, or the or the JHL itself. Um, and we're exciting to see what the next edition holds. Um, you know, one thing that I also want to just make a point of is that, you know, for me, a lot of those guys will go back to their clubs uh, and they will go back to their teams and they will go back to their schools and hopefully something that they learn from the JHL is going to improve what they're doing at that level. Um, we, we, like I say, we, we want the JHL to add value to, to club hockey. Uh, some of these coaches have never been to an IPT. Some of these uh, umpires have never umpired at an IPT. And I think we've, we've given the greater Kauteng region uh, an opportunity in terms of administration, in terms of coaching, in terms of umpiring, in terms of tech table, um, to actually see the game at the level they would see the game at a national event, even though it was a regional event. Uh, yeah, so really exciting to see what the owners have done, and I'm, and I'm hoping to see a bit of transformation when it comes uh, to club hockey, and, and hopefully we can get our club hockey on a Saturday or a Sunday um, run at the same level that we've, we've run the JHL. Ah, fantastic. Shaman, from all of us at Hockey the Podcast, congratulations on a job well done, and we look forward to the next edition. Thanks very much.